Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Great to be here and great to, to be back in the house of God. It's, it's nothing like coming back and worshipping with, with the family of believers. You know, it's great, when, especially when you've been away for such a long time like we have. It's, you know, it's great to come back in and to worship our Saviour together. Amen. And this morning I just want to share a word that God has laid on my heart and it's something that the Lord has been graciously reminding me of and it's something that the Lord has even been teaching me and correcting me on a little bit, uh, over the, especially over the last couple of days and it's something that God has really laid on my heart and this morning I just want to be transparent with you. Is it alright if I'm a bit transparent with you? Is that okay? I'm not going to bleed over you this morning. I just want to share with you and be open and honest with what God is, is doing in my life because you know even, even though I'm the pastor of this church you know it doesn't mean I'm perfect I've got it all together God is still working in me he's changing me like he is with all of us we're all believers and we're all on that journey of being transformed more and more into the image of Jesus by the spirit of God and through the word of God and you know something that God has been challenging me on uh, over the last few days in particular I wonder have you ever found yourself doing something that you were passionate about Something that you've given all your energy, poured all your energy into, you've poured hours and hours of time into it, only to find out that it didn't get the results that you thought it would get, it, that you would get, or it didn't get the response that you expected. Have any of you ever experienced that in your life, where you've just given yourself totally to something, and then at the end of it, you think, "Well, this was a waste of time. I didn't need to do that. You know, what was the point in doing all that?" Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning, and the title of the message this morning is called Nothing Else. And I've actually stolen this title from a song that's recently been released. And it's a song that's brought encouragement to me, real encouragement to me and been challenging me over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and so the title of this message is called Nothing Else. And if you've got a Bible this morning, can you please turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to read verse 38 to 42 together. The, the words will be up on the screen behind me as well if you haven't got a Bible, but Luke chapter 10 verse 38 to 42. And this is a well-known story for those of us who, who have been grown up in church or been a part of the church for a long time. I'm sure we've come across this story before. And this is the story of Jesus at the home of Mary and Martha. So Luke chapter 10 verse 38 to 42. And it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You were worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now I'm sure many of us here this morning have heard many sermons about Mary and Martha. I'm sure many of you have heard many sermons about this story about Jesus visiting his friends Mary and Martha. And typically when we use sermons and when we read this story, you know, I don't know about you, but we identify with Martha, don't we? Martha, who was sprang into action to make food, she began to prepare the house ready for Jesus and his 
disciples. But we see, even though she was, you know, at first I'm sure she was excited, Jesus is coming to my house. You know, I'm going to get everything ready. I'm going to put out the best cutlery. I'm going to hoover. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to get all the house spick and span. But we soon see that her eager service, this passion that she had to serve Jesus, it suddenly turned to stress. And then something else started to come out of her. She got a bit stressed. There came this demanding spirit toward other people. It began to rear its head. You know, often as we hear this story, I'm sure the conviction sets in. And we're often challenged, aren't we, to, be, to not be like Martha, but to be like her sister Mary. Her sister Mary who sat stress-free at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word, while Martha was going absolutely crazy and doing absolutely everything. You know, we see in the story that even Jesus says it, that Mary actually made the best decision of it all. You know, while there are many explanations from this story, while there are a lot of applications as well that we could draw from this story, I want us this morning to take another look at the real issues that were going on in this story. There are some real issues that God's dropped on my heart for us this morning from this story. And the first issue that we see between the two sisters, the first problem between these two sisters, the first difference between these two sisters is that there's an issue of priority and not personality. You know, often we told that one of the many reasons for the different responses of the sisters to Jesus in their home was the personality differences. I'm sure you heard people say that the, the reason why there was different responses, why they acted differently, is because of their personality. That was just how Martha was wired. That's what, who she was. And that's how Mary was wired. That's who she was. And you know, I, I've told it this way before, and I've heard other people uh, preach about it in this way before, saying it's a difference in personality. However, when we read the Bible, the Bible never refers to their personality types. The Bible never says Martha was running around the house because she's this type of person and Mary sat at his feet because she's this type of person. It never mentions anything like that. You know, it might make sense for us to label Martha as a driven leader. If you want to sound nice and you want to sound, you know, encouraging, Martha, she's a driven leader. You know, she's, she's, a, she's a good woman. She wants to get her house in order. You know, she's, she's a great woman. But actually, if we're being honest, we can see Martha's a bit of a control freak. And she's a bit of a busybody. <laughs> Anybody you like that? Well, no, no, I can ask you if you raise your hands up. And then we see her sister Mary. We can label her sister Mary as laid back, chilled, horizontal, or lazy, if, we, if we're being honest. It might seem like that. Mary is totally lazy, just sitting there while Martha gets on with the housework. It's a bit like me and Chloe. <laughs> Chloe's busy in the house preparing when people come over and I'm here just talking to the guests. It's a bit like that. But you know... We can label them like that. You know, we can see from the story, Martha, she probably, she probably felt more responsible because she was actually the older sister. She felt like it was her responsibility. She had to get the house in order. This was her home. She had to feel, she felt that she had to take complete charge of this situation. But, you know, ultimately, we're not sure because the Bible doesn't say anything like that. But what we do know and what we can see in this story is that Mary and Martha actually operated from different priorities. It wasn't to do with their personalities, it was to do with their priorities. Martha felt that it was more important to serve Jesus in the moment, while Mary wanted to seek Jesus. Martha, 
She wanted to do something for Jesus, whereas Mary just wanted to simply sit, be in his presence, and learn from Jesus. You know, it doesn't matter this morning which sister you can relate most to. I'm sure some of you are already thinking, yeah, I'm a bit like Martha. Or some of you are like, yeah, no, I'm definitely a Mary. You know, all these different things. It doesn't matter which sister you can relate to the most. We can't dodge the real issue here. And the real issue here is that no matter what our personality type is, no matter if we're a busybody or we're laid back or whatever, it doesn't matter who we are or what, what our personality is like, we all need to make time with Jesus. And we need to make that our number one priority above all else. Whether you're a busybody, whether you're a control freak, whether you like to have everything in order, whether you like to tell people to get it all in order, or whether you like to sit back, it doesn't matter who you are, we all need to put Jesus first in our lives. That has got to be our priority above all else. We've got to put Jesus first. And so we see, first of all, the first issue is that there's an issue of priority, not a personality. Secondly, we see that it's actually a matter of choice and not convenience. You know, sometimes we might think that it was easy for Mary to sit at Jesus' feet, to take on this real posture of a true disciple. You know, she was there being a true disciple, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to Jesus. And we might think it, it was easy for her because it just seemed convenient for Mary just to sit at Jesus' feet. Why? Because Martha was handling all the arrangements. You know, she didn't need to do anything. She, didn't, she could just sit back. Martha had it under control. Martha's always got it under control. I don't need to do anything. You know, we might say that it was convenient for Mary then just to sit at Jesus' feet. But actually, we see that, that Jesus describes the real issue this way. In, in verse 42 of Luke 10, he says, But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better. You know, Mary's clear sense of priority led her to a choice. She had a choice. Because she wanted to put Jesus first, she had a choice. Was she going to fuss and do things for him? Or was she going to simply just sit there and be with him? And her priority led to that choice. Actually, because he's first and I want him, I'm just going to be with him. I'm going to make the choice to sit here. Martha can carry on running around the house, making it clean, spick and span. It doesn't matter. I just want to be here with Jesus. You know, I'm sure we all know in life, life is all about choices, isn't it? Life is all about choices. We all have choices to make. You know, who are we going to ultimately end up with? Who are we going to marry? You know, what job or what career field are we going to go into? Where do we want to live? Where do we want to go on holidays? What do we want for food? Life is all about choices. And we've got to remember that actually we are responsible for our choices. You know, sometimes we can put it on God and say, God, why is this happening? But actually, a a lot of things come into our life because of the poor choices that we make. Instead of consulting him, we do it our own way. That's a lot of the reason sometimes. You know, we must remember that There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of stake when we make choices, especially the bigger choices in life. And that's why we need to choose like Mary. We need to choose to go to Jesus first. Above doing everything else, we need to choose to sit with Jesus. I want to encourage each and every one of you this morning, if you were facing a decision, whatever the decision, no matter how big or how small, ultimately our first priority has got to be to get with Jesus and see what his heart is on the decision. See what his will is for us. You know, because if we don't do that, then we can end up in a lot of mess. 
And you know, I've seen it happen. It's happened in my life when I haven't done it God's way. It can happen to us. But we can all choose to be like Mary. Number three, we see there's another issue. There's a contrast. There's a contrast between Mary and Martha of trust versus trying. You know, Mary seemed to understand that Jesus actually valued her heart. Jesus loved her. And uh, Jesus valued the fact and loved the fact that she was hungry for him. Jesus loved that. You know, Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospels that he's come to seek those who worship him in spirit. And in truth, Jesus is looking for a worshiping people. A people who will simply come and fall at his feet and be with him and worship him. And you know, even from this response of just sitting there at Jesus' feet, it shows to us actually that she trusted Jesus. What do you mean by that? Well, I believe that Mary knew that actually the meal could wait. That it was more important to be with Jesus than fuss and do things for him that he hadn't actually asked for or even said. She probably knew and she realized that actually if Jesus was hungry, he could make a meal appear right in front of him. He didn't need a Martha to fuss about it. He could make it happen. Whatever he fancied, he could make it happen right there, right then. Because our God is all powerful. Nothing is too difficult for him. He could have had that prepared. Maybe Mary remembered those words and heard those words of Jesus uh, when he spoke on the mountain where he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added to you. Whatever it was, her actions demonstrated that she trusted the truth of Jesus' words. And it was more important for her to listen to Jesus' words than to fuss and do anything else. That's what she realized. There was, so we see that Mary, she trusted Jesus. When we, when we look at Martha, however, there's a contrast. We see that Martha was trying to do everything right for Jesus. Mary trusted Jesus, but Martha was trying for Jesus. She was doing everything for Jesus. And actually, as we look at this story, it might seem to us that it seemed like Martha believed that Jesus wanted her to be busy. You know, sometimes we can fall into that trap, actually, especially if you're involved in the ministry. You, you probably can empathize with that a little bit. You can, re, you know, you can relate to that a little bit. That Actually, it's about being busy. We've got to be on the go all the time. We've got to do things all the time. We've got to get it done. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. You know, and, and you know, the motive is right. We want to please God. We want to do it all for God. But you know, sometimes it's far more important for us just to simply sit and be still than it is to fuss and do anything else. Actually, and I'm being honest here, we can get far more done if we simply come into the presence of God than if we fuss and do things for God. I believe that with all of my heart. Mary was trying so hard. And actually, Mary, Martha, Martha was trying so hard. And Martha didn't actually think that Jesus even cared for her or knew how to handle the situation. We see her response. She complained. Listen to her response. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? You come the violins. You know, Lord, look at me. I'm wrecked, you know, I'm tired. doing everything. Lord, feel sorry for me. Lord, don't you care? She's sitting there. She's not doing anything. Don't you care, Lord? And then she goes on, therefore, tell, me to, tell her to help me. And then Jesus corrects her, Martha, Martha, you were worried and troubled about many things. You know, in our Christian walk, in our, in our walk with the Lord, you know, our faith can falter on times. And we can begin to think that Jesus needs us to do things for him in our energy and in our determination. But actually what we see in the gospel and what we see right the way throughout the word 
that God doesn't call us just to simply do things for him. Actually, God calls us to abide with him. He calls us to abide in him and to allow his fruit to be produced in our lives. He calls us to sit with him and then as he leads us and as he instructs us, then we are to go about doing what he has called us to do. But so often we just like, I've got to do it. This is the way it's always been done. I'm going to do it and I'm going to carry on. But Jesus says, no. Ultimately, your first call, doesn't matter if you're a pastor, if you're a, a worship leader, doesn't matter who you are, if you're even just a volunteer, doesn't matter who, you're, who you are, our call as believers this morning, above all else, is to abide in him. Above all else, to be with him. And that's what Mary did very quickly. Number four, we see that there's this pursuit of reward versus results. What do I mean by that? Well, we see that the Martha wanted to please Jesus in the here and now. She wanted temporary praise for her excellent hospitality skills. She wanted the temporary results of a great meal. Martha was so concerned in the here and now. But Mary, according to Jesus, approached, uh, embraced a, an approach that would not be taken away from her. Martha wanted something here and now. She wanted the results here and now to please Jesus. But Mary was more interested in actually just sitting there at Jesus and, and receiving that long-term reward. You know, there's a pastor in America. His name is Daniel Henderson. He's a, a friend of Jim Simbler. And he said this, When our living and service begins with the empowerment of his presence, it is marked by spiritual purity and power. The impact may be immediate and measurable. But one thing is sure the reward will be eternal. You know, as a church, we can run excellent programs. We can create new ministries. We can copy the big churches. We can introduce great music. We can do all these different things to try and get people to come to church. And you know, so often as churches, our focus is to get people here and now. We want them here. We want immediate results. We want them saved right now. We want them in. We want them here right now. And don't get me wrong. That is our heart. We long to see people saved. We long to see people come to know Jesus. But sadly, all of our efforts may have nothing to do with the direction and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We can do all these things, but is God actually leading us? Is this actually what God wants? So often we get so focused in the results. We need results. We need to produce this. Otherwise, we're not great and we're not like them and we failed. But actually, our ultimate priority should be, God, what do you want? What's your heart? What's your will in this situation? You know, I love this quote from Billy Graham. And this is something that's really stuck with me recently. He said that God hasn't called us to be successful. He's called us to be faithful. And I believe that for our church. God hasn't called us to be a successful church. We're called to be a faithful church. A church that is faithful to our God. And as we are faithful to him, then he will do whatever he wants to do. His will will be done in this place. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have God's will be done in this place than my will be done in this place. Because his will, when his will is done, it produces eternal reward. It produces everlasting fruit, eternal fruit. And that's what we want. We don't want to see quick decisions and people coming in and then leaving in a couple of months. I don't know about you, but I want to see true disciples raised up. I want to see men and women of God who are saved and who are in it for the long haul. Who are still there serving in their old age. Who are still ministering and growing in their faith even in their old age. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for our young people. You know, as a church, we're not here to entertain people. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus and to do His will and to serve Him. That is why we are here. 
You know, and that's something that even I've realized, even with regards to our youth ministry, on a Friday night, we're not there to entertain young people. We're there to win people for Jesus and to be obedient to our God. And as we do that, God will produce whatever he wants to produce from that. But we've got to be faithful to him. You know, eternity's scoreboard is always accurate in exposing the difference. Temporary results or eternal reward. What are you looking for in your life? Do you want a temporary result or do you want the eternal reward? I know what's great there. I long for that eternal reward. Let's go for the after that eternal reward that Christ has for us. Not just the immediate temporary results. Let's go for that. And finally, there was a demonstration of spiritual responsibility versus self-righteousness. Basically, we see in the story that Mary, she embraced the true responsibility of a, of a true disciple. But Martha, she slipped into a self-righteous religious performance. And that led her to judging her sister and acting out and uh, having a go at her sister. You know, and as a people, we need to realize and we need to remember that our heart and our call is we're called to be spiritually responsible, not self-righteous. As a church, we, not, we haven't got it all together. We're not a perfect church. We're not great. You know, we are, we're, not, we're called simply just to be faithful to our God and allow him to work in and through us. It's not about us bragging, look how good we are, and we've got it all together, and, you know, why aren't they doing it like us, or why aren't they worshiping like us, or why isn't Pastor Luke preaching like that? It's not about that. We need to be like Mary and just take on that spiritual responsibility and get alone with Jesus. You know, because otherwise, when we become self-righteous, just like Martha did with Mary, we begin to compare ourselves with other people. Have you ever found yourself like that? You know, I, I, you know, you might say, I'm not perfect, I haven't got it all together, but at least I'm not like so-and-so, so-and-so. Have you heard what they're going through? Have you heard what they've done? Oof. It leads to comparison. And you know, we're not in to compare ourselves. We're all guilty. We're all sinners. We all deserved punishment. But in His grace and His mercy, God has saved us. And none of us are better than each other. We're all saved by grace. We're all in Him this morning. It doesn't matter who you are or what ministry you're in. It doesn't matter. We all belong to Jesus. We all belong to Him. God has no favorites. We're all loved by him equally. He loves each and every one of us this morning. Know that this morning. And you know, as I said at the very beginning, I wanted to be open. I wanted to be transparent with you. And I just wanted to share some things, that, something that the Lord has been challenging me on. And uh, I'm just going to do that for this, as we come to the conclusion. You know, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm being honest here. I've been like Martha. Many times in my life, I've been like Martha trying to do things for Jesus instead of being with Jesus. And especially over the last two years, you might say, well, why in particular over the last two years? Well, two years ago in October, I became the senior pastor of this church. God called me. I, you know, I, I was on fire for God. I was passionate for God. I was excited for the work, uh, to do, begin the work that God has called me to. And I still am. Don't get me wrong with that. I still am. Don't worry. Don't, 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 be, don't be discouraged. I still am. However, I noticed something began to change in me. You know, I, I, I'm still passionate for God, still hungry for God, still longed for God to move in this church. But I began to experience a tension that I've never experienced before in my life. And that tension was between doing things my way or doing it God's way. And it's quite an interesting tension. You know, I've, I've experienced it in, in other areas of my life. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but especially with regards to leading the church, I began to experience a tension I never felt within ministry before, to do it my way or to do it God's way. I know this challenge came 
this tension came because I saw how God was blessing other churches. You know, I love social media, I love the internet, but it can also be dangerous because you can play a comparison game, you can see what other people are doing, and you know, when you look at your own context compared to other people's context, you think, you know, God, why isn't this happening? It can be very discouraging sometimes, Uh, especially on Instagram where people are uploading how amazing their services were on Sunday, and you know, they had millions of people getting saved, you know, and, and, and all these things. It can be really discouraging sometimes to look at that. And I saw how God was blessing all these other churches. And, and you know, I got tempted by some of the latest programs and some of the strategies. I thought, yeah, maybe that would work with us. Even though our context is totally different. <laughs> Even though our, our church is totally different to a lot of these churches. You know, a lot of these churches are in cities. They're in mega churches. And we, you know, we're just a family church. You're in, in the valleys in Wales, you know. <laughs> it's totally different context. And, you know, even the Bible says that, that you know, and the... Our church is going to be different to other churches. We're all different. No church is exactly the same. You know, and, but if, I was being honest, if I'm being honest, I was tempted to you know, implement some of these things. And I began to get busy. You might say, what do you mean? How, how did you get busy? I began to work uh, on for, at ridiculous hours, if I'm being honest with you. And you can ask Chloe about this. I'd be up late in the night studying other churches, looking at other churches, seeing what they are doing, seeing what, what works, what doesn't work. I was listening to leadership podcasts. What, what, is this worked in this place? Is this worked in this place? I'm learning about how to grow the church and all these different things. And it actually got to a point where it was up until early I was in the morning and I actually couldn't get to sleep. And the reason I couldn't get to sleep is because I had so many ideas going on in my head that I just couldn't switch off. I just couldn't switch off. And it's something I struggled with. And Maybe you've never experienced this in this way, but maybe it's something else that you've experienced that you just can't switch off. There's something going on all of the time. But not only was there different ideas, there was also fears. There were also concerns. What if, what if it doesn't work? What if we don't grow? What if we don't see people saved? What, what will happen, you know, if, if none of this works? You know, what, what happens? What if God's promise doesn't come to pass? I know that they are lies from the enemy. But you know they can creep in. They can creep into this, you know, to the most mature believer or the most immature believer. It doesn't matter who you are. The enemy will come and he'll lie to you and he'll whisper things into your heart. And if you listen to them longer enough, they can take root in your heart and you'll begin to believe it. And eventually, it'll come out in your in your speech. And over the last few months, but in particular, over the last few days of our holiday in Florida, the Lord began to remind me. The Lord began to correct me. Began to challenge me. The Luke, you've got to stop and you've got to get back to me and get with me. Above all else, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I, I did have a personal time with the Lord. I, I, I continued to, don't worry, I didn't give up devotion or stop praying. I, I have been, don't worry about that. But the Lord just challenged me and I knew it was about this situation. That he said, stop, trust me, abide in me. Don't worry about anything else. Stop working it all out. Stop trying to do it yourself. Abide in You've got to understand that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's not sinning. You know, my, my heart was to please God in all of this. My heart was to please God. But what had happened, there was a shift. And my dependence was in myself and in other people and what I could do and what other people could do. And not in what God wanted and what he wants. And, you know, the Lord, again, you know, as I said, the Lord spoke to me and really convicted me, especially on the plane on the way back. Especially when there was turbulence and I was in deep in prayer. <laughs> Lord, help me rescue us. Let us get saved. You know, the amount of times I prayed that night. <laughs> but uh, 
I began to pray, and I'd really sense the Holy Spirit laying this on my heart for me. And it might be for someone here, but it is for me. And the Lord said to me, it's not about doing more for me. It's just about being with me. It's not about doing more for me. It's about being with me. And I, I clearly heard those words. Luke, I haven't called you to be a superhero and do everything. I've called you just to simply be with me. And you know, it was like, <laughs> we not lift it. Only God in his grace knew what was going on. Only God could see what was going on in my heart and my mind. Nobody else knew. None of you knew what was going on. God knew. And even 38,000 feet in the air, going through, all, all, over, the, uh, over the Atlantic Ocean, God spoke to me. You're not a superhero. I've called you, but your call is to be with me. And as you were with me, everything else will flow from that. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else, and everything else shall be added to you. And you know, through, that, through this story of Mary and Martha, through this verse here, in Mark chapter 3, verse 14, I think I got it, it says this, listen to this, as I come to a conclusion. He appointed the twelve that they might be with him, and that he might, pre- they, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Notice the priority there. Why did he call those 12? Ultimately, first of all, to be with him. And then to go out and preach. What did Jesus say to his disciples before he left, uh, before he ascended into heaven? Wait until you've been empowered with the Holy Spirit. Then you were to go into all the world. And I feel and I believe with all of my heart that God wants to remind, he's reminded me, as your pastor, he's reminded me this morning, but he wants to remind us as a church that we're called to be with him above all else. We're called to be with him above all else. You know, lots of churches right now are having vision Sundays. A lot of the big churches are having vision Sundays where they're sharing what the plan that God has given them for the year ahead. You know, this isn't a vision Sunday for us at Gateway Church, but I do believe that this is our vision for this year but not only this year, for every single year that we're alive. This is our vision, and the vision is nothing else but Jesus. Nothing else but Jesus. If he isn't our vision, if he isn't all that we need, if he isn't our first in our life, then we might as well pack it all in. Our priority, everything has got to be Jesus. And God has called us not to be busy here as a church. He's called us to be with him. You know, as a church, we can see, if we're being honest, we, you know, we, if some of us are getting on, you know, some of us are maybe tired, some of us might be burdened and frustrated and weighed down by things that are going on. You know, I believe we'll see God do far much more if we simply abide with him than we fuss and do everything else. I believe that with all of my heart. If we as a church would simply, I'm not saying we're going to shut everything down, but I'm saying if we just simply made our priorities to Jesus, you're going to be first. Watch what he will do through you. Watch what he'll do through this church. When it's his will and it's his power and his spirit in and through us. You know, many of you here this morning, you might be long to see the Lord moving you home in your workplace, in your ministry. Maybe someone you this morning feels like giving up. Maybe you feel this morning like, I just can't do it anymore. You might not have heard this from somebody before, but I want to say, give up. Give up, stop, and rest in Jesus this morning. Give it up. Just lay it all before him and say, Jesus, I need you. 
Jesus, you've got to be number one again. You've got to be nothing. I want nothing else but you, Lord. I'm sorry for all that I've done, for all the distractions. I'm sorry for not putting you first. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, you've got to be number one in my life. You know, the Lord wants to encourage us to stop and get away with him. And finally, last verse, last few verses, Matthew 11, 28 to 30 in the message translation. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. Listen, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. This is Jesus speaking to us. I won't lay anything heavy or fit in on you. Keep company with me. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that version of it. You know about our burdens. I believe God is saying to us as a church this morning. Turn our eyes to Jesus again. Turn our eyes to Jesus again. Turn our eyes to him. As a church, and even as a pastor, I believe God's saying that, this to me and to us. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit like never before and trust his leading. We've got to trust his leading. And let's open up our hearts and follow the Lord with all that we are. Shall we pray? And I want to give an opportunity this morning. For those who have been maybe going through some stuff similar to me. You're just busy. You're, you're tired. You're frustrated. You're worn out. You just think that God has called you to be on the go all the time. Or there's things going on in your mind all the time and you just can't stop. You just can't switch off. I believe the Lord wants to remind you this morning that your priority is to get with him first. And to abide with him. And I want to pray for those this morning who are struggling and you want nothing else but Jesus. I just want to pray for you. If there's anyone here this morning who's going through that, who's felt like that, and you're going to be honest, you're going to be brave, just lift up a hand and say, Pastor Luke, will you pray for me? I might need help, or that I need God this morning. Amen, I see your hands. Amen, I see your hand this morning. Is there anyone else here? Amen, I see your hands. Amen, is there anyone else here? This morning, we're going to just pray for those who have lifted their hands. And we're going to pray for us as a church that Jesus has got to be you. Above doing things, above everything else, Jesus, we need you. We just simply need you. We want to be like Mary and sit at your feet. So we're going to pray this morning. I'm going to pray for those who have lifted up their hands. And let's join together as a family and, and pray for those around us. Maybe you could take the hand of the person sitting next to you just as a sign that you're praying and you're going to stand with them and believe with them this morning. Amen. Let's just pray as family this morning. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.